You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. Kira McCracken is here to join us. She's written a op-ed piece that was uh, published in the Christian Post. She is also with the Come and See Foundation, and we're going to dive into these New Year's resolutions, whether they are inwardly or outwardly focused, and what does the program The Chosen teach us about this? Hmm. Hey, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Kira. Good morning. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you on. You know, when I began to read this your your op-ed piece you began and i want to read this verbatim because we had just gotten a reach um someone in our audience had reached out to us and there's a connection here and Hmm. you began the article donna's story reads like a christmas miracle she was passed out from a drug overdose at the bottom of a stairwell donna was discovered by a friend who cleaned her up brought her to church challenged her to come and see who Jesus really is. And it was an invitation to draw near to Jesus that forever changed her trajectory. And she says, that's when my old life ended and my real mm-hmm. journey began. And that's the taking off of the old and putting on the new. And we see that in the lives of people who are transformed by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as a part of the Come and See Foundation, share with us a little bit about the connection between that and this article about New Year's resolutions. Yeah, sure, thank you. So the Come and See Foundation uh, exists to ensure that uh, The Chosen, the TV series The Chosen, uh, remains forever free and translated into 600 languages. So, um, so much of the heart of the story of The Chosen is a story really of um, generosity, as it is a show that's been crowdfunded by over 80,000 Uh, more than that, 80,000 supporters that have uh, given uh, since the show has started. And um, really, one of the stories that's demonstrated so beautifully in The Chosen is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And we know that story well, right? Where a little boy shows up, five loaves, two fish, and what does Jesus do but multiply that for a a crowd who was uh, hungry? And people were wondering, how are these... Uh, hungry people going to be fed tonight. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend uh, tuning in to The Chosen to see that story depicted. Um, But it's really sparked for me a lot of um, questions about our our purpose and what are the loaves and the fish God gives us. Um, Each of us has uh, something in our basket to offer to the world. And so that's really the connection uh, between uh, this op-ed and my work with Come and See Foundation. Well, talk a little bit more about what you mean by that, Kira. And I, I mean, I get it. Each of us has something in our basket, but for some of us, that may not translate well. Um, give us an idea practically what, what, what we might have in our basket to offer others when it comes to making a New Year's resolution. How does that, how does that work? Sure, yeah. I think each of us has, you know, been given a, a calling, you know, in our lives by God to, uh, you know, perhaps even most simply say, come and see, you know, inviting others into understanding more, you know, who is this Jesus that we follow? And so, you know, in in our baskets, I would say we have, you know, an opportunity to um, open up our home through hospitality or, you know, we've been 
you know, called in our lives to be uh, generous with uh, the uh, resources that God has given us, or God has put a specific person into your life who needs hope, like the story that you started out the show with. Um, so that's kind of what I mean. Does that help uh, understand yeah. or answer yeah. your question? Yeah. That yeah. Does. You know, it's really interesting because when we think of the transformative power of Christ and where we see him interact in just our daily lives, it is, it's a wondrous thing how the Spirit works in our life, but it's so cool when you get to witness those transformations in others and how yeah. that really mm-hmm. plays out. You point to the uh, the widow and the coins, and you said, you know, that you bet she probably lived a lavish yeah. life, giving yeah. all she had to her friends, her family, and most of all, her Lord. And you say, well, it probably wasn't her first expression of generosity. Yeah. Yeah, I was struck by that when I was reading the story and I was uh, sharing about it with a friend that, you know, what, what what's recorded in Scripture is, of course, the moment that, that that takes place, where she gives over that coin. But, you know, my hunch is she actually lived a, a lavish life of generosity, uh, that that was just you know, one of the recorded accounts of her generous life. Um, But I'm sure that there were countless other acts of generosity that she expressed to her community, to her friends, to her family. Um, The only one we know of for sure is, you know, is that that account of giving of her last two coins. Well, but I think it's important to understand because that word lavish, you know, we can say, oh, luxurious life. It doesn't say anything about the fact that she was wealthy or that anything else, but she had a heart of generosity. She had a heart that truly was lavishly pouring out. Because if you are willing to give to your Lord all that you have, well, then you probably do have that same heart attitude for others around you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was rereading uh, yesterday because, you know, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 is uh, accounted in each of the four gospels. And in, uh, in in each one of them, uh, the disciples are asking, how are we going to feed uh, these, this crowd? And Jesus responds, you feed them. And they're like, oh, I'm going to have to go find work in order to feed them. How, I'll have to work for 10 months in order to come up with the, you know, uh, the means to feed these, uh, this crowd. And, uh, you know, of course, all Jesus needed was for them to just uh, show up with what they had that, you know, the basket of what they had, the five loaves, the two fish, that was significant enough for Jesus. And of course, God doesn't need us to bring our lives. He, that's one of the ways we get to glorify him is through offering uh, what we have. Um, but it was simply just a matter of showing up with, uh, with what the resources were that God had given us and uh, letting him do the rest. Well, I think one of the, the most beautiful things that you point out, too, in this piece that you've written is the fact that we see through the authentic Jesus, uh, especially, you know, I mean, uh, that we can see on the pages of Scripture, as well as in portrayed yeah. through the chosen, that, you know, some of us don't feel that, given our, our circumstances, that we really have anything of value to offer. But everyone yeah. does. And you, uh, you talk about Jackie, single mother of three, who has a medically fragile daughter with a severe intellectual disability. But... She realizes, too, through seeing the authentic Jesus, that she still has something in her basket regardless. Mm, She has something beautiful in her basket still to give because of Jesus. That's right. 
And I think that's one of the reasons why the story of The Chosen has so powerfully captivated lives all across the world because of the way that uh, the writers have depicted just the humanity of the followers of Jesus and the things they would have been dealing with in their lives. And yet the powerful transformation that entering into a relationship with Jesus meant for each of them, whether they were dealing with, uh, you know, a, um, you know, a uh, mental disorder or dealing with uh, relational tension or dealing with a past life that, ex- you know, that they had shame in. Each of us can relate to those things, and I think the chosen so powerfully depicts the life uh, after encountering Jesus and the difference between, uh, uh, you know, kind of not what we were. I was one way, now I'm different. The thing that happened in between was Jesus and experiencing a relationship with him. Yeah. You know, one of the important things that I want to touch on here is uh, we, we've worked with and spoken to many of the folk who are involved in the translation of The Chosen into, I can't recall exactly how many different languages, but making The Chosen available to all people, regardless of the language barrier and what their native tongue is. You speak about this in Taiwan and how the chosen had been dubbed over and that they were yep. with a specific group of uh, Taiwanese and Chinese students and they'd never before heard about him. They didn't know who mm-hmm. Jesus was until this event. Tell us a little bit about the shaping of that and um, why that's so important, especially tomorrow with season four being released. That's right, yes. So Come and See Foundation is committed to translating the entire Chosen series, all seven seasons, uh, into 600 languages. Uh, And so 500 of those languages will be subtitled and 100 of those languages will be voiceover dubbed. So you're going to hear it uh, through voiceover actors in a language uh, that you can understand. And the power of that is, is, is significant because Come and See desires to reach a billion people with this authentic Jesus that's depicted in The Chosen. So in order to do that, we needed to bring it to languages in which uh, 95% of the world can understand. And so um, we're currently working on translating seasons one through three and uh, have successfully translated it into nearly 30 languages. And uh, most TV shows, by the way, are only translated into about 20 languages. So the work we're doing with Come and See to translate the shows into 600 languages will be um, you know, a, a very significant undertaking for uh, the TV medium. That is just great. You know, something, too, I, I wanted you to touch on um, also, Kira, if you would, is, and this is so cool, and I, I love this. And, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Kira McCracken about the um, op-ed piece that she has written for the Christian Post, Redefining New Year's Resolutions, What Can I Do for Others in 2024? And we're looking at this against the backdrop of The Chosen. But um, New Year's resolutions tend to be... Uh, self-centric. We, mm. It's what can I do for me? How can I improve me? It's all about me, me, me. And I think largely that's why we tend to fail at a lot of our New Year's resolutions. Um, but when we look at what we can do for others, and especially if we're doing it uh, because of Christ, something really wonderful happens when we look at how God multiplies how we are blessing others in the name of Jesus. We don't fail at those resolutions the way we do fail Mm -hmm. ourselves. Share a little bit about that because it is just a beautiful thing when our resolutions include others. 
Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I would love to share a story actually just about that multiplication of us showing up with our gifts and talents. And it, it comes through the story of a, of a little boy who's nine named Diego. And we got a letter at Come and See from this boy named Diego. And he was writing in with his $20. Uh, he sent $20 to the Come and See Foundation, and it, 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 it shared about how uh, he was sending this because um, he was encouraged uh, to give, and he was wanting to give so that um, his dad, who is from Brazil, speaks Brazilian Portuguese, could understand the chosen because he so wanted his dad to begin a relationship uh, with, with Jesus and wanted him to see the, the depiction of Jesus that's so beautifully done in The Chosen. So he was sending in his $20 in order to help make the Brazilian Portuguese language translation possible. Well, we know when we make New Year's resolutions, again, it's so much about what making something that transforms our own lives. Well, Diego was, what Diego was doing was he was giving in order to potentially change someone else's life. And again, it wasn't through it, you know, his lavish generosity was $20. Uh, but he knew that by giving those funds, you know, to the Come and See Foundation, we um, will take those funds and apply them to helping uh, make that Brazilian Portuguese language translation possible for his dad. Um, and so that's kind of an example of just, again, bringing what you can, thinking about uh, what in 2024, who in 2024 can I bless with the um, basket of loaves and fish that God has given you in your life, in your community, in your family, uh, in your church, uh, in your workplace, and what can I do for others in 2024 that might uh, significantly bless them? Very, very cool. You know, I appreciate the perspective on this, and I know the hard work that you guys are doing over there at Come and See Foundation. As a matter of fact, I uh, had one a great conversation with Stan Jantz a couple of months oh, ago. wonderful. And really excited about the work that you guys are doing. And so thank you so much um, for the op-ed, the challenge to us, and also for the work that is so important in getting the chosen into the eyes and ears of those who need to know Christ. What a great vehicle. Thank you so much, Stephen Kelly. Yeah, appreciate the time, Kira. God bless you. Yep, you too. They'll start your morning with Jesus. Conversation and calls. It's Mornings with Kelly and Steve. Call or text them now at 800-969-9467. 